Making movies is really tough To get it all done you gotta know your stuff First you write a script, then you raise some cash Shoot the film, then you're done in a flash So here's some things that you need to know It's my first feature Hello and welcome to My First Feature. I'm your host, Ethan Cushing. I'm a director and producer working in Los Angeles, and this is the podcast where each week I interview a new filmmaker about the experience of directing their first feature film. Today is a little bit of a different thing. Normally I have people on who have made their film in the past, but with me today I have a guest who is just about to direct his first feature, like literally going to start next week. Uh, with me today, I have uh, Trevor Stevens. Hi, Trevor. Hello. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. And it's actually uh, 48 hours until we start. 48 hours. Yeah. So we are rapidly approaching. Wow. That is wild. Um, yeah. So you, I, I, I got your info from your producer because uh, our collective film school, Chapman University, mm-hmm. uh, did like a little spot on this podcast and she reached out um, to me uh, about your y'all's film. That's right. Um, and you know, like I said, normally I interview people, interview people who have already made their film, but, but thinking about you, it was really exciting to do what this is going to be a two parter essentially. So we'll chat now about your experience that you're going to have in 48 hours. <laughs> and then, you know, once, once you wrap and, and are a little bit removed from it, uh, I'd love to have you back and then we'll have a part two and you'll be able to talk about how it all went and what it was like and what you would have told you now. Like there's a feature of you out there who has already made this right, film in the quantum right. universe. Um, so, so yeah, before we get into that, tell me, I, I know nothing about you besides the fact that you graduated from Chapman this year. Uh, actually la- ooh, wow, last year, last year, I'm, I'm losing track of time. After graduation. <laughs> um, graduated uh, May, 2015. Okay. Um, it feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but in some cases, it feels like it was forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Redlands, California. Cool. Which, if, uh, for all, all those you do not know, the easiest way to pinpoint that is San Bernardino, i.e. Uh-huh. Uh, for those that know the difference between like the drive between Palm Springs and Los Angeles, pretty much a uh, halfway point between the two. Okay. Uh, so we're close to the desert, but not quite uh, the desert, theoretically. And uh, the whole area is a little bit more... Uh, ooh, I guess you'd say it kind of has a more of an East Coast vibe. Right? Cool. It's really nice. It's, it's nicely, you know, suburban and long ways uh-huh. away from the city, but okay. close enough. You know, it's always the hour away yeah. mark. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this was really convenient growing up, especially being a filmmaker, because I was close enough to Los Angeles. I was close enough to, you know, a lot of the closer universities and, and you know, people to... Uh, get on film shoots and equipment and all this stuff, but mm-hmm. I was also just enough separated to stay away from, uh, let's say, like the hard permitting of Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, I had a huge community support. Um, and this goes back to my, my high school days. I was uh, president of the multimedia class there, of course. Sure, uh, like, you know, I got a, you know, like I started at an early age um, at 10 years old. Wow. Um, I started making home movies. And, and I think that kind of came from the idea that I, I started out in dance and that bug is an entertainer and all that fun stuff. I mean, acting and while I was acting to explain that short lived career, I would say I did uh, big parts and small things like student films, independent films and small parts and really big things like, you know, Ned's declassified information and, and uh, like a WB movie, which was um, must love dogs. And so I got a huge range of different sets. Oh, so you're like a real deal actor. Oh yeah. I used, yeah, oh, wow. I used, to, I used okay. to act and, that, and that's what got me the bug because I, you know, wait, let me stop you. How old are you? I'm 24. You're 24 years young. 24. When did you start acting? As a kid in high school? Uh, yeah, 12 years old. Okay. And so you did some of these things. Um, when when did you realize that you wanted to be behind the camera? While I was acting. Okay. Uh, so it was on the the smaller productions, okay. the student films, where I got to ask questions. Like, hey, what is that? What are you doing with that light? All in this and so forth. So I 
which is like, this is a job. I didn't realize this was a thing. And, um, and it was around that time that, uh, I, I borrowed my dad's handicam, uh, you know, back when it was, uh, was it, that was the hot technology tape. Yeah. Tape, you know, cassette and you had to plug it into the little recorder and put that on the computer and you had windows movie maker or whatever mm-hmm. you could find as mm-hmm. editing software. I didn't even know what editing software was. I think the first short film I ever made, I, I had to make it chronologically cause I didn't know about cutting. I think I was just like, you know, like <laughs> C1, there, C2, yeah. C3. Um, so, you know, it's been a bug that's been with me as long as I can remember mm. amateurly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, I, you know, I, in high school I, I went in and I, I made it an effort to join my multimedia class and gathered a group of, you know, like a ragtag team of local friends and, and, uh, people that were interested in doing like me. And we went to work and we started making short film out of short film. So do you still act or no? Uh, from occasion, I, I have um, recently, but it's not. I wouldn't say professionally. When you need far. to, or yeah. when it's, I'm sure I'll play when, when a right. cameo in this yeah. one just because I need to, based on our budget, you know, right, that type right, of right, thing. Right. Um, but it's something I still love doing. But you know, for me, the reason why I enjoy directing, I, I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm shortcutting nope. through a lot of things. Nope, nope. When my brain gets going on something, I just mm-hmm. kind of train through it. But um, the reason why I love directing is I love being the glorified cheerleader on set. If you sure. will, that's really how I look at the job because I believe that the people I work with are a hell of a lot more talented than I. Am. What I'm doing is ringleading this crazy crew and, you know, bringing out 150 or if I'm lucky, 200 percent of these people and really maximizing the most out of their jobs um, and, and bringing together and, and really being a magnet for great people to come together and, and really share their best qualities, mm. you know, from the talent to the camera department to the producing team, you know, and and that's that's why I love it. You know, I love I love uh I love being that person throwing the baton up in the air and, and inspiring. And that, that's, that's what led me to that. And, mm. and I think part of it's an acting because I love being an entertainer. And sometimes all directing is just entertaining <laughs> your yeah. crew and cast to doing like the right, uh, right thing for the film. Right. Um, so yeah. Cool. Great. So do you remember the specific point where you were like, Oh no, I want to, I want to say action and cut. I don't want to. Yeah, actually, um, a certain student film was actually, wow, it was actually 10 years exactly after I made my thesis film at Chapman University. Um, the director's name was Keith Schwallenberg and he went to Brooks Institute and I was acting in it as a 13 year old. And it was on that set where he is a director I I truly admired and really wanted to, you know, just shake him down for all the information Mm. he knew. And he was really him and his whole crew and all the people are still people I work with today, which is crazy, you know, Mm. 10 years older than me, I still work with them and they've helped me, you know, on my, on my thesis film and everything I do up till now, uh, leading up to my first feature. And, uh, it was them that they, their, their philosophy, what they shared, they're the ones that really got me to realize not only is this a job, something you can do, you know, it it was like a ding, but it was something that I couldn't see myself doing anything else, mm-hmm. not a single thing, you know, anything else seemed like a joke or a lie. It's like, this was the only thing. It was this or bust. Mm. Um, and that's, that's what led me on this, this track. Cool. And it was a good people like that and seeing like, like this is a family that I want to, I want to form, you know, down the line. And, and it's crazy to look at 12 years later and I have that family of my own and it's nuts. It's, it's, it's something like unfathomable to me. It's like, sometimes I feel like I woke up out of a dream, you know, and I'm just like, Oh, I'm not dreaming. This is, this is real. Mm -hmm. Um, so this opportunity for me is, is off the charts. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so you, you made your own shorts in high school. You, you were like full steam ahead making your own videos. Uh, so you went to Chapman for undergrad, presumably? Yes. Okay. So uh, undergrad, um, I did the two years at community college and transferred okay. a couple of friends, uh, that done that, did that as well before going to film school. It was a lot cheaper that way. Okay. FYI for, <laughs> you know, all you guys looking to apply. Right. Um, 
it was easier for me. So I got my GE out of the way and then uh, did all my uh, film in three years. It should have been two years, but it's actually three years based on some programs a little bit different. So you got all like the other non-film stuff out of exactly. the way at the community so stage. So got all it. I was Smart. focusing on was just three years of pure film. So it was kind of like grad school for you in a sense. In a you, sense. It yeah. kind of fell out of the way. It was like the second chapter of college. Right, Because right, uh, right. to be honest, the first half was just, you know, st- we're still making stuff and all that, but, I was, you know, stuck in home base and going uh-huh. to local community college. And it was kind of just like grinding away those yeah. years, you know, and, getting and, and, and getting, yeah, getting your immaturity all the way and all and so forth and then you know going to college is like yep not to say we're still not immature but you know yeah, yeah. focusing on the creative immature i guess cool so uh yeah so so now that to me the question is you graduated last year mm-hmm. um you're in a pretty uh, enviable place for a lot of filmmakers who you're you're a year out of film school and you're making a feature film talk to me about that how did that come about <sighs> I mean, it's, it's a whirlwind. It happened so quickly. I feel like every year that passes by the old saying is so true. Like they, it just time collapsed behind your eyes. And, it, um, you know, coming out of school, I think I was now in that usual place where people are, you know, moving to LA and they're kind of just like, what the hell is next? You know? And I, I kind of got stuck in this part where I knew I wanted to direct, but, um, no one has the answers to how, so you just start chipping away. That's the thing film, uh, film school does not teach you is, is like, what's next. Yeah, right. Um, they offer all the ideas of like, Oh, you get an intern job here, this, but I knew I couldn't sit my butt at a, you know, at a cubicle and grind away. I knew that I, especially in, as a director, I had to be making content. And so that's what I continue to do. You know, I spent some time traveling around to school, which was great it was nice to have a breather after project you know back to back to back because of chapman i mean the great thing about chapman is that we got to do so many projects all at once so i didn't have a break period it was like after one project was done like the next week we're already working on the other Mm -hmm. maybe even like the final week of post we're writing the script for the other you know Mm -hmm. and it was great it was nice to have a little bit of a break period after school then afterwards came i think that like that, that feeling that every director gets after a project where you have that post depression where you're just like, what is next? Mm-hmm. Um, because you need something, you need something to bite away. You know, when you're in it, you're just complaining like, oh my God, when this yeah, film's over, yeah. I'll take a break. But when you're in that break, you're just like, itch, yeah. what the hell was next? Um, and so this process, as I was going through this, you know, this mindset, um, I ended up getting representation for my thesis film, which was fantastic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. So which you made one? a thesis film. Yeah. So it was called run run. Okay. Based off the strength of that film, uh, an agent wanted to rep you? I was not expecting this at all. And this is why I was very suspect and suspicious because I'm just like, you know, of course we aim to do, you know, work, but I don't think of anything that I touched it being like, you know, like, like oh, so like I, I had a couple offers. I had to sit down um, with uh, with the manager who currently represents me now. Okay. Imagine. And I grilled him like a father would grill his daughter's boyfriend. Uh-huh. I was just like, you know, like, what are you gonna do for any of this? And yeah. this, and they asked all the questions and I was over... Um, overzealous in the questions for sure. Uh, just because I, I, you know, it was very trepidatious going into like, that was a new thing for me. You know, I had a manager and agent as a, as an actor, sure. as a kid, you know, and I knew that process, but you know, my mom was able to help. I had yeah. a stage mom, like, so it was like, you know, I'm so far removed from it, but now, you know, coming to this as a grown man, it's a little bit of a different thing. And, and as a director, it's a whole different sure. ballgame. Um, so how did they see your film? It went on the, oh, what's it festival called? Festival circuit the, kind of thing? Uh, no, actually, not even oh. for festivals, actually. Um, it went on the um, First I, I- I-09. You know, it got it on. Uh, oh, like uh, just like a random, like a block. Yeah, because we actually, we, oh, okay. we got Vimeo staff pick, which was fantastic, which oh, got us the short, short of the week as well. So wow. we got through the circuits um, and someone had shared it over uh, at different uh, management companies and I got a couple calls. So it kind of went quote unquote viral just as a short film? Yeah, almost like a secret viral. Yeah. Not like, like inside the veins the viral. viral yeah. Exactly. Wow. Um, so we got, yeah, that this got to sit down and. 
I took a leap of faith. Um, you know, there's a couple of things that were on the horizon. I was doing a couple of commercial jobs, music videos, stuff I was not truly happy with. I kind of felt, you know, it's something that was funny about me and it sounds so pretentious and ridiculous to say this. And I apologize. You got to work, you got to eat. And like, there's plenty of things you got to do oh, that stop. do that. Yeah, but, of course. but, but just, there's something I feel like sometimes like I kind of feel inca- incapable, like useless if I'm directing something that I truly don't believe in, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's something I feel like a young, a lot of young directors get tapped into because they get pulled in the products that like they're, tr- they're just trying to, because I the thing about me is I'm, I'm a optimist, you know, mm. when it comes to project, I will look at something and be like, okay, all right, here's we what can we can make do this, this work. Yeah, we can yeah. do this work. You know, and the most part, that's the idea, you know, being a gun for hire, but there's some points where you kind of just, you know, lose your, you know, you kind of run out of steam and energy. Um, and so what was nice about getting management is that they were starting to put me in the meetings that were getting to revive my pulse, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. I was, um, taking in some, some general meetings over at some studios and so on and so forth. Um, and then based that, off the, based off the short, based off the short okay. at first, but it was funny. I didn't, I didn't see a, you know, a feature version of run ever. I, I saw sure. it purely as a short. I know a lot of filmmakers do their short and be yep. like, Oh, I want this to be the grand thing. Yep. I wrote, you know, we worked around run being specifically of short, <laughs> which was funny. So for me, I was like, I was ready to do something brand new. And I mm. had a couple of ideas in my head, but some of them I thought were pitchable. Some of them I was just like, I'll do it on a rainy day. Um, the biggest learning lesson here to come in just a few seconds was always show your rainy day projects because those are the ones you really care about. Mm. So go figure. I'm going out and I'm, I'm pitching what I think I'm supposed to be doing because, you know, I'm, I'm still in that naive setting. I'm just like, well, okay, if we did a you know, short, then that makes sense. I got to make a feature version. Again, right. that, you know, I'll be honest, like that, there's that insecure part of that's just like, I got to do what, what is, what when is expected should, once wanted, you know, you want that do, job, yeah. you right. know? And I, it's so funny how I can honestly say like, that's such a wrong mentality to have, you know, I understand that it's important, but you know, if you, if you follow your heart, if you follow what you truly, truly believe in yourself that you can do and you find out what your niche is. And even if you, I don't care, lock yourself into the genre be like, I want to direct the freaking next lethal weapon. That's my favorite film. It doesn't matter. It can be that plain and simple, but realize what makes you, you, you know, do you want to be the next Fincher? Do you want to be the next, you know, Cameron, do you want to be the next person to make a big blockbuster or, you know, indie drama or just like the next comedy? No, do you want to be the Farley brothers? Figure out what your niche is and kind of flow down that path. Because I was, I was trying to go off of something I just did before. And I think that's the wrong mentality as opposed to going to what was really there. So I was pitching all these things and in this process, so Again, because you're uh, <laughs> me as a grizzled old 33 year old, you, you know, you're 24. This is what year goes. So it's like 23, 24 ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that like? I mean, again, film school doesn't teach you that process. So, so you, they don't. So you, you're going to these rooms, of these studios and like, what's your mindset? How, how did you prep for those? Like, how did you get in? Do you know what I mean? You know, what's funny. Okay. So here's the thing. You're right. Film schools don't teach you that stuff purposely but they kind of accidentally do. Hmm. Um, what film school teaches you to do is like the basics, you know, like how to light a scene, how to direct actors on and so forth, all the books. And I'm not saying it's not important. It's very important. But the thing I feel that really was a bang for the buck going to film school, or at least, you know, especially Chapman university was, you know, the people that you got to be surrounded with. Sure. And for me, it was being able to make that family, that, that crew and cast of people and having to figure out how to share your vision with them. And, I don't know how many times and for each project I've had to share that vision in front of uh, fellow students, in mm-hmm. front of faculty, in front of, uh, you know, a group of people. And so, you know, that's not something that's part of the curriculum, but if you go out and that's why I ask, you know, I tell people whenever they're going to film school, a lot of people complain, like, I don't think I get this out of film school. You know what? If you go into expecting them to wipe your ass, I'm pardon me if I can't it's say fine. that, you're not going to get your money's worth. Right. But if you make the most out of your time, if you go the extra mile, you'll find a lot more. 
And I'll be honest, like I fought the system a lot in my school, even mm-hmm. doing my thesis film. They did not agree with how I should shoot it. They did mm-hmm. not agree with the storyline and I had to fight for it. And there was a lot of politics involved and there's a lot of politics in any film school you go involved. And in that process of fighting the power, that's not a curriculum, mm. you know what I mean? And that's what kind of was like, it was kind of like a microchasm of learning of how to work outside the real life when it actually comes to bigger stakes mm. and there's money involved and so on and so forth. Um, so to be honest with you, it was more accidentally, you know, just through the push and grind. So having to fight for your vision, having to talk to people that kind of was a sort of unexpected crucible for you to kind of have that skill when you're talking to big wigs in a, in a, Absolutely. In a room. I, I had to convince my school and the, uh, and the higher ups of my school that I wanted to make my thesis film all's, uh, all's a one take uh, or it wasn't uh, all, but you're seeing, you know, in the film, like it's broken up, but still like, like though rope, it is a one yeah. day doing a one take, um, about gang violence, um, had, uh, weapons involved, you know, all this content is you can imagine, or maybe maybe it is easier for some schools, but it was not an easy thing to get mm. through. Um, and I had to I had to fight. I had to you know me and my team both had to fight. You know like blood, sweat, and tears for it. And for some reason, call me crazy, call it whatever you will. Stepping to the office of a bigger studio and just talking shop about ideas felt like a cakewalk. Mm, after that. Interesting. Um, and so it felt just like a conversation, you know? And so for me, it was about just being myself. And again, I don't think they came on the first meeting, but after meeting after meeting, that's what was really good. They put me on all these generals. You know, some of them may never, may yeah, never come yeah, of, but, just, right. but it, it got me in the room. It got me talking about what I really want to. And it got me, you know, it, it got me an audience. And what I realized is if you're sitting around and you're just talking to your friends, whatever, you can get stuck in this idea of like, my idea will never happen on this. But like all these ideas that were dead weight to me, I got in the room with these guys and I started pitching out and I got, I we would bounce back and forth mm. again. I mean, never talk to these people, you know, never go yeah. to them, you know, like it's, it's ridiculous. These are bigger up studios, but like it got me like realizing why my ideas was so important in the first place that there was merit to it. And so this built up some steam and I was finally starting to release ideas that I realized I secretly wanted to do. That the was, rainy day ones you're talking about. The rainy day yeah. ones. I was like, all right, maybe if I'm lucky, I'll put right. five bucks into a web series to do right. it. You know what? It should be more. Right. And what happened was I ended up meeting with a, a production company called Super Gravity. And um, we were originally talking about another script and we ended up, you know, not going around with uh, that script. But then, um, you know, we went out to lunch and they just said, hey, you know, we like to run. We like you. What else you we got? Have, we, well, here's they kind of said, here's a catch, you know, like because they're they're more of a newer company. They said we have this kind of, you know, uh, limited budget to work with. Um, you know, do you think you could make a project, you know, do you have any ideas? So they just we were, said, we have a, we have a number. They kind we, of, they, we they was almost like, it was like the number. Ocean's Eleven. Uh-huh. So some coming and it's like, you know, like, hey, this is a little bit crazy. Right. You know, this is not normal. Right. You know, like this, so we have this limitation on this, you know, we're looking at a couple of filmmakers. Are you in or you're out? And so I basically. You said no, thanks. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and end of story. I don't know why I'm here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Um, no, I, 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 you know, I took, I took the bait and I said, give me the weekend. And so over the weekend, I formulated. Uh, an idea for films I thought we would actually rationally be able to do for that amount. Mm-hmm. And of course, when I went to go talk to him, those ideas never got said. Mm. What, what got said first and foremost was the idea that was a rainy day one that probably honestly should not be done for that amount. Mm-hmm. And it was true and near and dear to my heart. And I've been wanting to do since high school. Mm. And that's the one they went with. And they said they didn't want to hear any other ideas. Wow. So at first I was ecstatic. I left the building and then well, let's I pause for a second. Yes. Uh, so I'm Joe studio. Now here we are at the crux of it. Pitch me the idea. What, what is this movie that you're going, that you're going to make? It's a spaghetti Western in a college setting. Okay. And what I mean by that, I know the first thing that probably goes through your head 
is are we talking cowboy hats and ponchos and a college thing? No. What I mean is the same idea of the spaghetti western is a little bit of a, a contradiction itself. You know, the idea was taking um, a type of film language, a type of filmmaker that was from another country, that was from a whole different plot, pot and, you know, his style and put it into a genre that had got dried up kind of, you know, we kind of was like just after a while, there's like a million Westerns, you know, you had the John Wayne, John Ford Westerns, you know, like da ding, da ding, da boom. And here comes this guy literally strolls into town, just like one of his protagonists. And he comes up with this brand new way of looking at the West. And what we want to do is that same idea. We want to take something that had bravado, this, uh, you know, very, you know, uh, interesting fight sequences, had a little bit of, you know, this pop to it, um, had a story that was very bizarre off the charts, almost like a John Carpenter film, like Escape from New York, and put it into what I believe is a film genre setting, if you will, that is is really tapped out, you know, that you see Animal House, Neighbors, House Bunny, all these films that kind of play up the normal stereotypes of a college are kind of just like, you know, humor, boob humor, you know, like, you know, like um, National Lampoon type stuff. And I just feel like, you know, there could be so much more interesting to go here mm. because uh, you take you take a film like Fistful of Dollars, which is, you know, essentially really, truly the basic outline of the plot that we are doing. Where, okay. you know, straight up, straight up, that is what we're borrowing from the heart from. Uh, you look at it. An enigmatic gunslinger, mysterious, comes into town, uh, and this town is dead. The easiest way to say it is that, you know, like, the wives are widows now, you know? I mean, mm. like, it's dried up, and the only two things But in this case, it's college campus, not well, yes. the town. Okay. So think of it this way. You have the two gangs in this. So now, instead of that, you have a freshman, a little bit of a kick and a step. He comes through, and instead of two gangs on each side, you have two fraternities. The only two fraternities left in the school that literally has, you know— such and such a uh, problem with uh, the budget, problem mm-hmm. with money, mm-hmm. where we see, you know, the uh, little bit of the, <laughs> uh, the discrepancy in where the budget's going. You know, mm-hmm. we see that there's money put into some places that kind of help, uh, you know, the higher ups, the faculty, and right. we see that the other way the student lives. And so it's a very, very, very satirical, over the top, tongue in cheek look at college life. Got it. Um, in a very fantastical way. Is it like a Scott Pilgrim kind of vibe? Absolutely. Okay. And that's the first thing people say, and that's the first thing I'll admit to, that sure, we, are, we are borrowing off of that. Yeah. We are very, very, you know, rhythmatic with it. This is supposed to be a fun movie. And the idea is the satire, of course, is to make this something that you want to watch again. It's a popcorn flick. They can say, well, that was really cool. But at the same time, we do have a little bit of an agenda because what it tackles on is definitely modern day problems in the college setting. You hmm. know, um, we, we tackle on tuition. Uh, we tackle on the, you know, the stereotypes, you know, we tackle on, um, you know, just what it's like uh, to live, you know, on campus and have to face tuition. And now we're yeah. kind of playing with this whole idea of like the underground bike ring. Right. You know, so the, if you look at any uh, school campuses, you'll see this problem, which is really funny. Chapman now you used to be at USC, I'm sure many more. But you'll actually see that there is um, stolen bikes from campus mm. and they put up flyers, all this stuff. And it's always mysterious. And we want to have a little bit of fun with this because why not? Um, and we are playing with the idea of like, you know, that is the, that is the currency here where you have in the Western, it's like, it's water, it's money and so on and so forth. It's bikes. It's bikes here. Right. You know, so like you gotta be careful, like your bike will get jacked. You do not walk around campus. It's not safe. Mm. Walking across campus is like walking across the streets of Compton. You do not do it. Mm. And so otherwise you get, you know, get swallowed up by the stronger, you know, upperclassmen. And so being a freshman is tough. You know, you 
live in the dorms that pretty much feel like the, like the projects, you know, mm. you live off ramen. That is like the only thing you can live off of. And they're lucky to live off so of it's that. It's like a hyper real. Yes. Very scenario. hyper real. Very hyper real. I can't stress yeah, enough. No, like this gotcha. is to the, to the 10th power hyper real. Is there a, is there a, a trailer or like a, I know you have shot yet, but is there like a ripomatic or a trailer online or anything you have that you've made that like, could give us a tone for what this is or, oh, or wow. well, there will be there soon. Yet. I'll put okay. it that way. Um, right. and definitely by the next time we talk, I'll have a trailer show, but, okay. um, all right. So um, not yet. So, yes. so stay tuned for that. All right. Stay so tuned. Well, what's it called? Rock steady row. Rock steady row. Great. Um, I think that's a good pitch. I, I don't want to, you don't have to give anything more away. Uh, I, that's, that's a great, um, so, so basically you pitched that to them, uh, at, at the last minute and they, and they loved it. Basically and saying you crazy bastard. Let's make this movie. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, wow. So, so then, uh, when was this? Wow. Uh, this was, I want to say March. Um, okay. Um, so March and this was, uh, um, so tell me a little bit more about, about the company. You said they were like a new company and, and they were looking for their first kind of project to, to put their stamp yeah, on. So, um, they had actually been linked up with uh, a couple of products that are based through, um, so their, their game ballpark has pretty much been in like the YouTube space. You okay. know, a lot of social media actors coming in. So like they have, you know, they did a film called the chosen, Gaby Baby was a recent documentary they just did. Um, and so they've been working a lot with different uh, distributors, different production companies. But this is kind of their first really guinea pig that they are 100% fully backing this as the company behind this project. Got it. Um, so for them, this is new territory. And so, you know, what's kind of cool about this and why I like this is because as opposed to going to some, uh, you know, giant studio that's going to swallow you up and, you know, kind of your vision gets lost. It's it's great as that it's this it's this it's this almost like a little bit of a Mexican standoff, if you will. You know, it's kind of just like you know we we're both looking at each other and both like, hey, you know, we're taking we're taking a leap of faith with each other. Right. And you're that, a first time director; good. they're kind of a first time studio, exactly, so to speak. exactly. Yeah. So we're kind of like you know right there in the middle, shaking hands, and be like, all right, let's let's do this crazy thing. Got we're it. both crazy, you know, right. and jumping into it. But they they've been they've been fantastic, you know, and and it's been. It's been a huge learning lesson on both their ends where we're, you know, you get into that groove of, you know, it's, it's like a new family. It's right. like a new, new, uh, you know, place to really spread your wings and fly. Sure. So it's been a really interesting, uh, development since, since then, you know, to see just how this has grown and gained to the day before. It's just like, Whoa, I yeah. don't remember where this started. You well, let's know, talk so. about that, that period. So, so they said yes to this pitch. Yes. Uh, how long did it take for you to write the script? Me and my co-writer Bomani, uh, he actually penned the entire thing. You oh, know, he this did. Is his idea that we both. So been story by you, and then he kind yeah. of. So his name is Bomani. Story, very ironic. I know he gets that a lot. Story. Sorry. Um, we had worked. We have worked together on so many damn projects by this point. We. He also grew up in Redlands. We grew up in the same hometown, so uh, we've been working with each other okay. since we were uh, both like sixteen years old. Cool. Um, and so he actually penned my thesis film run as well. And oh. no, this was is our second thing working together. He's a director as well. Oh, okay. um, but he he penned this one, and uh, and we we got together right after so I basically walked out of this meeting thinking I'm a lunatic for bro, saying bro, bro, bro. I see, I basically saying like we gotta get to work that's yeah. literally how it was seriously yeah. it was like you know not even a minute after I said yeah. alright time to get to work and he knew exactly what that meant we have a shorthand like that so I'd say a month and a half later we were giving him a script that was fully fleshed out and finished and was that so were you guys like in a room together bouncing ideas or like did you had you had an outline of a story that you gave to Bumani so, and he took it? My outline for this had been had been kind of spit up and chewed out in my own brain for like years before this. And so it got to this part where I realized it could be a feature, you know, because we again, I saw it in different ways, web series, all this, so forth. This this idea of doing something very bizarre. Again, that's kind of where it started, the spaghetti Western college setting, you know, the interesting characters and really make it very playful in that setting. Um, but it was, uh, sitting down with him 
and really getting to cutting the bullshit out and being like, okay, how do we, how do we do this in 90 minutes or less? Um, and so we literally got away, you know, that's what we usually do when we write. We got away. Uh, I think we, we took a trip to San Diego and just stuck ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, for a week, uh, to really sit on the idea and figure fleshed out a treatment. And then from there, he basically write during the week and send me stuff over and we have a talk either online or in person. And then like, you go back to it and we, we kept doing that, banged it out. Uh, pretty much, I think it was like 10 pages a week. Um, wow. and then once we had a full thing, we kind of did a whole revision of it. And then, uh, then we, we gave it to them and, and what we they were, think they were, they were, they were happy. They were ecstatic. And yeah. so by August or not, August, sorry, it's August now, um, April 20th, we were officially, you know, marking the eyes and, and, uh, Did you guys celebrate on April 20th in any you know, particular what was, way? What was great, what Super Guy was so cool about is <laughs> a, uh, I have this, you know, this week spot for chocolate chip cookies. And, uh-huh. like, and I told them that and they actually sent over to be in Bomani this gift basket of chocolate chip cookies. Just like, normal, regular chocolate chip cookies. You know, it, it sounds anticlimactic, but if you saw the basket, this thing came and it was, okay. it was pretty spectacular. Right. Cool. Um, and that was just a cool gesture. I mean, all these things were just like, oh, is this one of those things where, like, you know, you had to stop yourself? Because you get so busy and you'd be like, this is cool. You know, like this is, yeah. this is really like, I feel super humbled by this. Yeah. You know, and go, go through this process and be like, dude, like I'm not taking this for granted by any chance, you know, because yeah. I know that like everyone out there bumping and grinding and they have an opportunity like this. Just like, man, I'd have to be an idiot to not take this by the horn. Just like, you know, of I mean, course. Like, people die to be in this position. So I'm just like, I, oof, I better be dying twice, three times That's harder. Great, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I better yeah, take yeah. this. Um, That's a good so, have. Honestly, you know. And it's funny because I was just, I was actually just thinking about this today. The, the funny thing about me and just as a person is that I'm big with my analogies. I think I use them way too much. I'm so I wouldn't be surprised if I've already used three in this, sure. uh, this uh, whole talk. But one of my analogies just talking about today is that when it, when it came to approaching every problem, you know, because on every set and every project, you know, they're going to happen. And especially when they're on the lower scale, lower budget, even on the big scale, this happens. But especially in this, you come up with so many things that you cannot change or avoid and 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 there's things that even in this 48 hours that we're talking with now that i may seem so calm are going to just like shake my world sure. over and turn me over yeah, yeah and and i realize you know for anyone who's ever surfed here's my analogy for you you know when you're when you're taking a board out there um you cannot change mother nature you know mother nature does not care if like the waves are too rough on you mm. too small you're going to get the waves that you get regardless. You know, you can try to plan out for the best you can. We, we work so hard to plan and plan and plan, but okay, what's a good time to go out? But you know, the fact of the matter is when you're out there, the middle of the freaking ocean, you cannot decide, oh, let's have this kind of wave. Waves are going to come at you and hit you. And right. if you look at it in a very antagonizing, conflicting way, always, you're always trying to change, you're always trying to map out, you know, you're trying to make it perfect. You know, this isn't animation, this is live action. If you look at it that way, this this wave is going to come and just hit you square in the jaw and you're going to go under. And that's going to happen regardless, you know. So you have to just realize it. And for anyone who's ever made a film, they know that feeling. And so really when, it, when a wave is coming at you, and they always will, and they're going to come from me left and right in this project, I can assure you, mm. uh, there's two things you can do. You can dip under the wave. You can you know try to avoid it the best you possible, best as possible. And sometimes you just gotta write it out um, and just pedal like you've never had before. And honestly, you know when you look at a problem like that, let's say it is a wave coming in. But most times, if you if you at least try, try to roll with it. You know, say actors allergic to a cat. You never knew that until the day before, and he has to hold a cat. You know, say that like you know you needed this whole group of people this day, and for some reason schedule wise that just came through, or like their their plane didn't arrive in time. Unless you can look at it as like, oh my God, world's over, can't do this. Or you you know what? What you start doing is you look at the problem and you embrace it and you look at the problem like it's a solution, like it's a wave that is going to take you to safety and you start pedaling and you figure out really quickly how to spin it in your favor. 
Um, so through all pre-production, and I can guarantee through production, even post, that is kind of in the philosophy in this, especially in working with such tight constraints, hmm. uh, because otherwise you would lose your mind. And yeah. so right now, even talking to you, you know, there's a setup, there's a plan of what will be Thursday morning when we start shooting. But I guarantee you, even if it's just one small thing, it will not be ideally what I could tell you right now. And so that's been yeah, the mentality uh, going in. Um, last episode, Doug Archibald, uh, his feature literally on day one, they got to the apartment and then the permitting wasn't in order and they had to be shut down yeah. <laughs> and they had to go back the next day and then they had to shoot in a different place to compensate. And then that different place, you know, was, was a whole different thing and, and, and was a magic they did that they never thought of, you know, because of they had this other plan. So I absolutely agree with you. I think that's great advice. Um, so how, how did you approach casting in this? Did you guys try to get some names or did you just kind of like given, uh, you know, what you're saying, I'm assuming that it's a lower budget thing. So did you just try to get the best people you could for the job or? It was a mix. Um, it was a mix of bringing on people that I had worked with before. Okay. Um, which of course, you know, was a huge, you know, thing for me because I, you know, I'm, there's a lot of people I trust going into it in the stage range. I knew that they would deliver beyond expectation mm. with our budget realm. And then it was also uh, with the help of Super Gary to figure out um, how to get some names on board. Okay. We actually were locked in Larry Miller as the Dean character. Cool. Um, and Ali Marie Evans as a vet and Logan Huffman as uh, Andrew Palmer, which I know these characters do not make sense. Yeah, but yeah. when you see the they film, will. they will. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, it was great to get um, get some names and also use some people that, you know, we, you know, either... Uh, brand new names, brand new faces, people I've worked with before. So our cast is a huge mixing pot mm. of, you know, both uh, people I've never worked with before, people I knew of, um, and then people that, you know, I had built up this huge relationship with. And so that's what's kind of exciting here is to throw these guys in the gladiator ring and see how they play it together. Mm. And um, it's even been cool in rehearsal to kind of see, you know, how I spin off. And so oh, it's so you did get to rehearse? Got to do a couple rehearsals. Okay. And, but rehearsals have kind of been spotty in the sense that, like, you know, I'll have a rehearsal with these two characters and these two characters and these two characters but not all, these, all, all these characters yeah. have interactions at some point. Right. So it's a little interesting. Um, so, you know, I know, I know at least a dynamic of like, you know, how they interact with the certain characters. So it kind of gives me a little bit of a, a thought of how to go into these scenes with the other characters. Mm -hmm. um, but again, there's going to be things that I'll be honest with. It'll be like the night before the morning of, and we'll be getting into it. And this mm -hmm. movie's going to move fast. I mean, even our shooting schedules in the same. How many pages, how many days? We are shooting uh, roughly 90 pages in 23 days. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be a very tight ship. Yeah. Uh, all of our uh, exteriors are actually going to be shot um, over in an abandoned uh, military base uh, called Fort Ord. Um, is that your college campus? That's our college campus. So it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic college oh, yeah. campus. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, Again, that's going back yeah. with that touch, right, it's right, rolling that. And right. then um, the interiors are, are a mix between a couple of spots between my hometown Redlands and Pasadena. Mm. Um, and so very, very... Uh, so you're kind of staying with the same mindset of don't do it in Los Angeles County. <laughs> yes, we're, right. we're staying right on the yeah, outskirts. Yeah, yeah. You know, close enough where you know, it's not ridiculously crazy, but just far enough to give something Yeah, it's easier for us to shoot. with our, And affordable. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so what's that's been nice. We haven't had to deal with crazy permits, you know, and people that we've been working with are really great. And these are very interesting locations. Cool. And so that mixing pot has been a very nice, um, you know, thing to still give us a very unique perspective mm. and neat locations, but also um, places you would never see before. And that's the okay. idea of Rocksteady University. You know, we wanted to set up a place that like 
that doesn't exist. It's very yeah. fantastical. You know, we could never shoot this at USC, UCLA, even if we wanted to, because mm. we don't want it to be recognizable. We want this place to be like, whoa, like, mm. what the hell is this place? Like, yeah. This is like, does not exist on this universe, you know? Um, so it, that's what kind of made it special. And we're also doing it affordably, which is most important. <laughs> um, what's your, what's your preparation process like? I mean, I know you're saying, you know, taking the wave analogy, how have you been working with your DP? How have you been sort of scouting? How have you been, are you boarding everything out or are you kind of, it sounds like it's very stylistic. So you kind of need to have things planned. Uh, I imagine maybe there's some VFX as well, but yeah. How so, have you approach that? Um, again, uh, you plan, this is us trying to look at which days are best to go to the beach in that same analogy. You know, so we, we plan for what we can. Um, we, we know we're not trying to, um, go surfing on the days where there's high winds if you sure will. so you know we've we've shot shot listed storyboarded um really you know it's been a big thing for me to sit down with uh nico my cinematographer uh jordan allen my editor and bfx supervisor which he's combined to one which mm. is super helpful with yeah. how quickly we go into things and you know we we crunch things down and we've made a very specific list. We have a very specific vision in mind and we have boards for it and all this. And we've, we've, you know, they've done that whole thing through. And the idea is to keep that in mind, have a visual lookbook on set, which is almost as important, not more important than the script, you know, and keeping that in mind, what we want visually and knowing that we can throw out all those, you know, truly. And I know that sounds a little bit ridiculous, um, but it's, it's so important. It's so important for us not to become attached to it because mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is like, you know, there's a reason that we had that thought that's what we get, you know, got us there to like this, you know, have this idea of executing in a certain way, but there's going to be something better when we get there, you know, and it's going to be based on maybe a limitation, you know, perhaps, but I've, I've seen so many cases on films we've done where limitations have actually made the film stronger. Sure. Cause it's, it's almost like, you know, mother nature's way of saying like, Hey, you know, you had this idea. It was a lot like this other film and you were kind of inspired by this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shut up. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. So how do you do it in one shot? Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's kind of what, what happens with mm -hmm. it. So now we're looking at, okay, we wanted to have three shots to have this conversation, right? But if we only, it's, it's kind of like looking at it and you have to be more accurate. It's like, hey, it's like having a bullet with one, or it's like having a gun with one bullet. So I just right. um, and you're looking at, okay, I got one bullet. I got three guys to take out. I obviously can't shoot all of them in the heart. So what am I going to do? There's a barrel over them, you know, and it's, right. it's held together by this thin piece of rope. I'm going to shoot the rope and see if I can knock out all three of them. So again, mm. when we look through our shot list, um, we truly try to simplify and go for quality over quantity. You know, when we when we have our, our list out, we look at like, okay, what's essential? What do we need to cover in the scene? What do we have to see? And then we figure out how do we compress this? And not in a way that's like, oh, we can only get this, but what, what can we tell this in the most, you know, interesting way possible? Like, mm -hmm. what's going to be the most interesting shot that really makes us like, wow, that shot was so cool. And that's what we need to set up for. And our crazy days, like, that's what we aim for. Anything else is just cherry on top. It's, mm -hmm. it's butter on the bread, you know, but we mm -hmm. got to have those essentials. Um, so that's really what we've been planning. You know, we've been planning on like, okay, what's essential? What do we need to get from every day? And what is nice to have? Yeah. And how do we tell the same story? Are you a spiritual person? It depends on the day. <laughs> I'll tell you this much, you know, when, when it comes 11th hour on a set, you'll see me on my knees. Well, you just have like a very Zen way of approaching a lot of these things. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm not asking you like to tell me about God or whatever, but, uh, I don't know. It just sort of struck me. You're kind of like vibrating with this energy. And of course you're shooting in two days. So that's to be expected. But, um, and I, and I mean, all this is a compliment, you know, like you're, you. you're, yeah. Does that make sense at all? Why, or why am I not pulling out my hair right now? Um, well that, and also just like your approach to everything you're, you're talking about with, with regards to film. I mean, 
I guess it's just because I don't know. I, I, I'd like to say experience, but that makes it sound like I, I, I you know, it's only been in short forms and all this. And I, maybe yeah, I've been like been 10 know, years. I mean, you're not, maybe, not experienced. I guess, but, you know, but it, I, I guess it's that. But in some cases, I just realized that like every time I've ever freaked out about a situation, it's like, yo, you're going to wake up tomorrow. It's a movie, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not trying to throw out the ball, you know, the thing. But I've seen so many sets where it's gone to shit because people just lose sight of what was there in the first place. And this script if you can't tell from everything I was saying is all fun, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's there crazy, is, yeah. there is important parts and that's a whole different thing, but like, Oh my God. It's like, you know, we we're referencing, we're borrowing from so many other filmmakers. We are, you know, we're having fun with this. So honestly, in a day, it's like, if it's not fun and I'm not trying to say like, you know, we're going to lollygag, like we have an objective, but yeah, like, yeah. if it's not like something that makes us laugh at the end of the day, like, what's the point of making this film in the first place? I'll For do sure. this much. Cause we're going to get to the cutting room and be miserable. Mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, we we plan we plan we plan and i think i've pictured certain shots in my head like over a million times like i have it exactly what i mm-hmm. want but the difference is the difference is is that i'm not gonna cry if we don't get it because i know that whatever we get is going to be the baby like the you know the product right. of something that was based on that thought but you know what it's better it's right. better because we got there and we found a reality to it you know and you kind of treat your film that's narrative kind of like a documentary like you know you plan on what you're trying to get but you know when you get there yeah. you don't know what's going to happen freaking tidal wave comes right. up and you're like all right let's catch the tidal wave and it has the same impact right. um it sounds like i'm you know throwing out all of our prep in into you know the wind but I'm not. I think that's what the prep is for. The prep is, you know, when you get there, it means that all the team is on the same page. So when you say, hey, remember how we were going to go right? We're going to go left here. And instead of people asking why and wasting time, people were like, okay, because we want this Mm -hmm. to happen. So that's Mm -hmm. why we're going left. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea that everyone's on the same page of where this film needs to go, what the tone of it is, what the story you're trying to tell is. Mm -hmm. So that way, you know, you don't get this one shot where the fist came right here, you know, and like this person went spinning off. But you know what? what you're trying to get out of it, that same feeling, that same bravado, that same emotion, whatever you're trying to capture, you can capture it in a different way mm. with what you have available. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just realized I'm bringing up another analogy and I am an extra analogy. So I apologize. But I, another one I say is this, I think for higher budget films, it's kind of like looking at these kids who have like these perfect Lego sets where all, they're all the same color. There's like instructions of how to build it. They tell you this, you have all the parts at play. I like to think of, you know, this backyard type of filmmaking that we're doing, low budget filmmaking, indie filmmakers. It's kind of like we have that barrel that's in like those like kindergarten classrooms, you know, where like, you know, the pieces have been been in toddler's mouth and you know they're yucky, they don't match. To me, the art of it is how to make a freaking house out of the pe- of those pieces. Those pieces that came from a million different boxes that don't go together. To me, it's, it's taking the, uh, the things you have available and making something awesome out of it, mm-hmm. making something truly beautiful yeah. and unique. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess, that's where great. the Zen comes from. It's not so much from religion. It's <laughs> more enough. so from acceptance. You sure. know? And, and I think it's important. I think, I think that's so important. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean the preacher this, but, no, but I asked it's, for it. it's, it's not, it's not religion. I guess you could call it spirituality and in, in, into the, you know, the, the God of filmmaking, whatever you want to call it. But the idea is that, you know, it's acceptance that having what, open what hands. Can, yes. What can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. So don't cry about it. Right. Go make your damn film, right. you know? Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah, you can't receive stuff on set if your hands are clenched around a shot list so tightly that exactly. you can't open them up to receive it. Um, that's great. I wanted to, uh, we're getting towards the end, but I wanted to ask you, do you have any questions for your future self? Uh, I, I, I want why, you, I oh, why to, did you not schedule more rehearsal time? No. Okay. No, but I, I, I would, I'd love for you to just like ask 
your future self a question and then we'll have your future self answer that question uh, on the next episode. So, oh, wow. Okay. So one, one specific, whatever question. you want. Oh man. All right. Um, <laughs> I think there's a million could go through my mind. Do I think, it. I'm thinking I'm trying to be witty. I should just be more. No, 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 be honest. Be, be, uh, well, what are you going to do differently next time? That's what I asked myself. Great. What are you going to do differently next time? That's great. We will find out the answer shortly. <laughs> uh, cool, man. Well, you're almost done. I, I, I want to respect your time. So uh, let's just play a quick game and then do the speed round and then we're done. So uh, fans of the podcast, uh, of which there are many, uh, will know I normally do a, like a scripted question at this point, but I'm changing it up. and I'm trying a new game, uh, a new film game called uh, Lost in Translation. So throw away all of your uh, stress and, and, and the stuff you've just told me. Uh, this is just for fun. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, pitch you a movie. I'm going to use the synopsis that IMDB has of the movie, but I've taken that synopsis and I've run it through Google translate. So I've taken it from English to Swedish, to Swahili, to Italian, to German, to Russian, to Indonesian, and to Hindi, and then back to English. Okay. So what you're going to hear is the IMDb description of this movie, a famous, a few famous movies. I'm sure you've, you know, right. but you'll have to decipher if you, if you can find out what the, what the movie is based on this kind of garbled, uh, interesting. Okay, cool. okay. All right. So here's the first one. I think you'll get this one without sleep employed, but looking for a way to change his life. A lot of things, underground violence group formed, (laughs) there you go, formed, developed at the intersection of a good soap manufacturer's interested devil. (laughs) Fight club. Very good. Okay. Next one. A little harder. Frustrate important suburb of the father after falling in the best friend and the love of his daughter sexually. Wow, dude, you're good at this. These are my favorite moments. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Conspiracy to blackmail in order to prevent organ transplant facial traders or assumes the identity of a terrorist plan when ruthless criminals posing a police officer is going to change for the worse occurrence. Mm, face off? Correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, last one. This is the hardest one. Silence dynasty, aged children, prime organized crime, smuggling. Interesting. Say it one more time. Silence dynasty, aged children, Prime organized crime smuggling. Wow, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm not sure on that one. I think you might have got me. All right, I'll read you the uh, English, the, okay. the straight yeah, up English right. one. The aging patriarch of an organized crime dynasty transfers control of his clandestine oh. empire to his reluctant son. Godfather. <laughs> yeah. Silence dynasty, aged children, prime, organized crime, yeah, smuggling. Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> Very good, man. Three out of four. That was great. Uh, I, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm glad that this uh, segment is working because I was a little yeah. nervous. All right. Now on to the speed round. Then you're done and you can go finish your prep. Uh, here are the speed round questions. Don't think. Just answer them as quickly as you can based off what your heart song tells you. Right. What's your favorite movie quote? Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You might miss it. Great. Thank you, Ferris. What's your Desert Island movie? You get one for the rest of your life to watch. Oh, Desert Island, whatever movie. Um, oh, man. Ooh. You know, I'd probably go with, uh, go with the guilty pleasure. I'll go with Fistful of Dollars. Fistful of Dollars. Great. Uh, and, and so people want to know what to expect in your film. That's a good one to watch is, is what Absolutely. you're saying. Great. Uh, which director would you body swap with and inherit his or her filmography from today? And then you take over their, their body and continue to direct. 
Wow. That's a great question. Thank you so much. You know, I'm, I'm going to give you an unusual one. Okay. I was about to say one, but I'm going to okay. go another. I'm going to say Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. Great. Reason why, can I may say Yeah, please. Um, I think Danny Boyle, besides being um, one of my favorite filmmakers before his kinetic energy of storytelling, he's also tackled on every genre. Mm. And so that's part of my answer. Sunshine, the fact that, like, sci-fi. Yeah, he doesn't stay to one genre yeah. and he's explored so many. And the fact that he's open to so many different ones, I would like to have that mm. career where you explore and you don't feel locked You're into not pigeonholed. Genre. That's great. Good answer. Uh, do you have any pre-shoot rituals? Which is very apropos since you're right about to shoot. Oh, yes. Um, you'll often find me uh, listen to uh, all different types of music, ranging from the classics, mm-hmm. um, spaghetti western soundtracks, um, rap music. Um, and I don't, I don't mean like modern rap music, I I mean like you. classic hip hop, okay. like, you know, like, uh, like run DMC classic. Um, music is huge to me. It gets me in the, in the mood for okay. it to be. So like, you know, I, I love having a very diverse uh, set of music and that's whether so, it be in my car or right before, that's, that's my huge ritual. Amping up with a Spotify playlist. Absolutely. Got it. Um, what's your dream? Who's your dream actor to work with? Living or whatever season? you want. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Why is that? Just you had that on the tip of your tongue. When Paul Newman walks into a room, it doesn't matter if the film is great or mediocre. You are interested and you're in the scene. It, I remember there's this film he did that was called Harper. Pretty good movie, you know, about a you know, detective. You'll never find it on one of the big maps of mm-hmm. films to see it, but he's making toast. And it's freaking interesting. Mm. Um, he's magic on screen. And uh, and I've, I've given that reference to my lead actor for... Um, for Rocksteady Row, and he's okay. also in Run and all that. His name is Heston Hoare, and I've always kind of told him that like what I see in him is kind of a young, you know, Paul Newman. And cool. Um, if I'm absolutely lucky, I'll get to keep yeah, directing yeah. him and push him to you know cool. to more. But you know, Paul Newman is just one of those majestic souls that like you can't really explain. We try and tell why you enjoy him on screen. You could say yeah, the, the charm and this and so forth, but there's something about him that is is. Um, is, 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 you do, yeah. do silliest thing, but there's a purpose to it, yeah. and uh, and you enjoy it, you cool. know, and you know that he's having fun with it. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, last one, uh, underrated film everyone should check out. Ooh, this is recent. The Warriors. Okay, maybe it's not underrated. Maybe because everyone knew about it before, but The Warriors and almost any John Carpenter film, mm-hmm. and maybe this is just because I didn't know about it. But this is magic in a box. I did not see any of these films except mm-hmm. for the thing. I just watched Escape from New York. Okay. Freaking awesome. You know, if you're into, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta be able to spread your rings a little bit and realize that these films are made like seventies, eighties, you know, right. you got a little bit of camp to it, right. but if you can embrace it and you're all about that, oh my God, these cool. are fantastic films and super Great. underrated. So. That's awesome, man. Uh, Trevor, you made it to the end. Congrats, yeah. dude. Awesome. Thanks for talking, dude. Uh, so if people want to see any uh, of your other work, but since we can't see the film yet, mm-hmm. uh, is there a place they can find Run or, or, or your personal website? So um, just look up uh, my name on Vimeo. Um, you'll see my up-to-date work. Um, can, you, can you spell it for us? Trevor Stevens, T-R-E-V-O-R. And then Stevens is S-T-E-V-E-N-S. Great. Not so, P-H. Okay. But, so yeah. look that up on Vimeo and you'll, look and up you'll on Vimeo find Vimeo and you'll find all my current stuff. And, Great. Um, yeah. And then um, if you want to follow more on Rocksteady, uh, just go to www.rocksteadyuniversity.com. Got it. And you can follow us on the film. Uh, are you on Twitter? Uh, no, actually okay. I need to get on that. So that's something we'll you can ask or feature yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's great, man. Uh, awesome. That's so good to talk to you. Dude. Uh, um, 
I am at Ethan Cushing on Twitter. The podcast is at First Feature Pod. If you want to get in touch with us, like Trevor and Gia did, uh, you can email us at myfirstfeaturepodcast at gmail.com. And stay tuned for part two of my interview with Trevor once he has made his first feature. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.